0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, the 15th of October, 2020. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your Word. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like your soul is clinging to the dust? Now, We live a much more sanitized life uh, than they did when they were writing this psalm, and I mean that in a very uh, literal way. We just don't interact with dust as much as they used to. We're not walking down dirt roads. We're driving in cars. There's no uh, dirt floors in most of our houses. We have floors that are swept and mopped regularly. Uh, It's a different experience, but my soul clings to the dust. Maybe you think... Uh, my soul clings to the pillow and you think of how you might feel first thing in the morning when you wake up, right And I, I just I just don't want to let go of uh, my sleep or, or whatever because I, I don't want to get up and have to face. Life, but I think we can all, however you might describe it, relate to this experience of my soul is clinging downward. My, my, my soul just is, is down um, and I'm having a hard time to get up and keep going and keep on uh, facing wh- whatever life is throwing at me. So what do we do When our soul is clinging to the dust, when we don't want to get out of bed, when we don't want to, you know, face the next task at home or uh, drive into the office another day, where do we go? And even in that verse that we opened with this morning, it tells us, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. Uh, Some translations would even put the word revive here. Revive me according to your word. Uh, That when we feel down, when we are in the dust, we look for revival from the Bible. And obviously I'm not referring to this podcast or this Bible reading program. I'm uh, talking about God's word itself. And that is where we seek revival from. Today, we're looking at the fourth section of Psalm 119, verses 25 to 32, which is the Hebrew letter Dalit. And uh, Charles Spurgeon describes this section this way. He says, this portion has D for its alphabetical letter. It sings of depression, in the spirit of devotion, determination, and dependence. And so we see that right from the beginning that it it sings of depression. And uh, later he says in verse 28, my soul melts away for sorrow. So clearly there's some difficult things going on in the life of this psalmist and his soul feels down. I mean, his soul melts away for sorrow. But again, in verse 28, look where he goes. He says, strengthen me according to your word. So we already see there the the dependence that he is depending on God's word that he is running to God's word. And that's an important word for all of us that when we are down one of the places we need to run is God's word. That's why I always want to encourage you to see spending time in God's word, not as some chore, not as merely some checklist. Although I hope we are checking it off every day and getting in God's word. But God's word is something that we should run to. It is meant to give us life. Um, it is meant to give us strength. I mean, you, you you don't, most of us, you don't drink water every day just to, you know, check the box. You drink water because you're thirsty right? We, we should read God's word every day, not merely to check the box, but we should seek it because we are thirsty because our soul clings to the dust. And we know where am I going to get revival from? I'm going to get it from the Bible. I'm looking to God. I'm showing that dependence, but we also see here Spurgeon uses the words devotion and determination in this passage. Uh, even in the second verse, after he's saying that his soul clings to the dust, he says, when I am told of my ways, you answered me, teach me your statutes. Even speaking, God, I'm confessing my ways to you. I want you to teach me your ways. And he's asking for understanding of God's precepts. I love how it puts it in verse 30. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. And I think even that last verse, I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. I think we see all three of those words um, that Spurgeon talks about, devotion, determination, and dependence, that he is devoted and he is determined to seek the Lord and to follow the ways of of his commandments. But even then he's showing his dependence. God, I'm depending on you to enlarge my heart. So I don't know how you're feeling today, this Thursday, uh, getting closer to the end of the week, but wherever you are, I would encourage you look to God's word. and not just out of obligation, but look to it for that revival. Look to it for that encouragement that you need. Spend some time talking to God and praying to Him and asking God to enlarge your heart that you might run after Him and specifically run to obey what He says. Next couple passages I want us to look at, I think really helped me to think and to pray for our nation. And that's been coming up a lot as we look at the prophets. And today we're reading Jeremiah 13 and 14. Jeremiah 13 and 14. And now we start to see some the illustrations of Jeremiah. And we'll see this throughout the prophets, that God has the prophets do things that are meant to be kind of symbolic actions. Um, and, and here we see uh, uh, the the story of the ruined loincloth, right? Where he goes and he buries it and then he comes back and it's ruined. And God says, that's a picture of Israel and Judah. They were meant to cling closely to me, but they haven't. And now it is, it is good for nothing. And then we see more of just the kind of Language of judgment, talking about exile in chapter 14, we see the lying prophets that the prophets are basically uh, saying, oh, nothing bad is, is going to happen. And the Lord says in 14, 14, that the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying to you a lying vision, worthless divination and the deceit of their own minds. Um, And so he's saying, no, these prophets, they're lying and they're saying sword and famine aren't going to come, but no, sword and famine are going to consume these false prophets. And it's very concerning. And again, I can't help but read the the prophets and see parallels to our own nation. And again, not that the United States of America is is the chosen people of God. We are not the nation of Israel. We are not the descendants of Abraham to whom God gave these uh, covenants and promises, but we are a nation, and I think that is straying more and more and more from what God says. There are so many, I guess what you could call lying prophets, but prophesying peace when there is no peace in our country, and I think it should draw us to prayer. And even there at the end, we, we see him crying out, do not spurn us for your name's sake. Do not dishonor your glorious throne. Remember and do not break your covenant with us. Are there any among the false gods of the nations that can bring rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Are you not he, our O oh Lord, our God? We set our hope on you, for you do all these things. And that's where I think we can pray today, God, you are the God who brings the rain. You, you are the God that makes the world turn. You are the God that does all these things. And so we're going to set our hope on you we're going to seek you and we're going to seek your grace and your mercy for ourselves and for our nation. And we see some of this language of weather, um, you know, here it's Speaking of the Rain, uh, we also see language of the weather in John chapter 3. And again, this is very familiar territory. If, you, if you've been reading the Bible, we're reading John 3, 1 to 15 today. I've heard I'm assuming you've heard of the verse that's going to come next in John 3:16, but you're probably familiar with some of the contents of these first 15 verses as Jesus tells Nicodemus, a Pharisee, one of the religious leaders of the people of Israel, he tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. And there's weather language in there. He starts talking about the wind, which in the Greek, even the word for spirit and the word for wind are the same. And so there's kind of this, the playing on the meaning of each other. Uh, but in verse eight, it says, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. And saying, we need a, a, a new birth. We need a birth from the inside out. And the only way that can really happen is the spirit working on our hearts. And, and I think that these weather illustrations even are, aren't bad for us to think of as we pray, that we would pray, God, we want to see, I guess, the rain of your mercy on our nation. We need to kind of, with Jeremiah, look and say, no our nation is is deserving of the judgment of god and so we're not going to cry out to god god look at us we're we're our nation is so righteous um bless us we want to cry out god no we need your mercy would you rain down your mercy on us and would the wind of the spirit blow uh, not in some you know just mystical touchy feely way but that we would see hearts changed and born again that we would see people realize i am a sinner I need a savior and the savior is Jesus Christ. The one who it says was lifted up just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And that's what we want to see happen. We want to see more people have eternal life because they are turning from their sin and looking to the son, looking to Jesus Christ crucified for their sins. So I think these two passages should fuel us to pray specifically for our nation, that we would see God's mercy poured out on our nation, that we would see the spirit work in a great way to wake people up to their sin, to cause people to look to Jesus Christ, because we need the gospel. And that's one of the things that's touched on in our last passage today, James chapter two, verses one through 13, this idea that we need The gospel, because there's this section on partiality saying, hey, don't, you know, give the rich person the nice seat in church and the poor person, you know, the back row or sitting on the floor. Uh, That's not how you should treat people. And it reminds us in verse 10 that whoever keeps the whole law, but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. And really that should condemn all of us. We are law breakers. But then we see in verse 12, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And it's a good reminder that we need to recognize, even as we pray for our nation, I'm not coming from a place of, well, I am holier than now. No, I'm coming from a place that I also am a lawbreaker, but I know the mercy that can be found in Jesus Christ. And that we should then treat others with that mercy. And specifically in this passage, it's even thinking of our local church context and that we shouldn't treat people differently based on external, unimportant things, right? Here it talks a lot about money, but there's a lot of other ways I think we might divide based on... Um, based on things that are just based on the flesh. It might just be common interests or or other things when no, our heart should be, I want to love the people in my local church, not based on any external thing. And ultimately that's because God loved me even though I was a lawbreaker. So take some time today to really examine how am I treating the people in my church or in my life group? Am I just drawn to the ones that I think I can get something from them in some way? Or is my heart to, hey, how can I give? How can I serve? Because God has been so gracious and so generous and so merciful to me. And may we spend some time praying, God, our own hearts, we tend to cling towards the dust, revive us. And oh God, look at our nation, pour out your mercy. God, may we see your spirit work in a great way, drawing people to the Sun. May we truly see a revival from the Bible in our day and age. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.